Ben, where did you get that sweater? I like it. It's kind of my. I kind of. It's kind of similar to mine a little bit. Ever since I've known her, my wife, she's always like, she always comes to me with these fashion ideas. And when she first comes up with them, I'm initially, immediately, I'm always like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, this is not me. I can't wear this shit. And then, like, I try it on. I like, yep. and, like and I'm, and then, she, and she came with three of these sweaters. And the first thing I was like, take those back. Yeah. I'm not a grandpa. I can't wear them. And now you love it, right? Yeah. Yeah. See, it's you, comfy. This is what happens with good. my What's mom that? and my sister or from I just, dating and, anyone. And even though she's been doing this for 10 years and every time she's right, I still, like, resist every single time. What's that thing you have with her? Trust. That's right. Yeah. See, I can't. Welcome to Fashion Talk <laughs> with guys that know nothing about fashion. <laughs> Do you have a lot of black in your wardrobe and an overabundance of tennis shoes? Do you just wear stuff you got for free? Yes. <laughs> of course you do. That's why you're listening to this free podcast. Yes. Free. Well, free. Socks are free. See? Hey, the I don't know who free. we're doing this for. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> today on Going Off Track... Can I keep going with this? Yeah, come up with somebody. Uh, our guest, I don't know. How about Keenan Thompson from Saturday Night Live? I mean, if you're going to pick someone who's combination awesome, congenial, funny, and had a career longer than most people have had in media and is under 40. Yeah. He's been doing it forever. He's and been you, doing it forever. And you don't realize what you've seen him in until you start talking to him. I just watched him today, the promos for the Louis C.K., SNL and they were so funny but yeah he's so he's on TV now obviously and he's been in Saturday Night Live for what 11 mm-hmm. and but yeah all that with Seth Meyers gone he's now we recorded this before Seth left so he's now the senior member of Saturday Night Live senior member but yeah all that good burger I mean he's and he never stopped that's the thing like no, always working kept going with it and like you, when you meet I don't know comedians there's always that they're going to be on. He just rolled in. Hey, what's up? Yep. Super low key. He doesn't need to be on. Yeah. Every time I see that dude, like huge hug, super friendly. He is so awesome. Ah, and I'm so glad he was able. His schedule's really crazy, but I mean, it's so nice of him to come by. Jonah books his ass off for the show and I'll, has many an email chain with a lot of people. We've tried to get Keenan a number of times. We have. We have. We had. It felt like the nature was against us. Last time we were supposed to come in, there was a huge blizzard. Um, so yeah, you're saying God did not want him to be on. God didn't want him to have it, but God could not stop this from happening. We've had this discussion. It's mother nature. So Gaia. Yeah. Gaia. If you want to do it that way, because (laughs) see the male God cannot give birth to things. I feel we're getting off track. (laughs) Speaking of which, (laughs) getting off track and let's go off track and talk about classic rock with Keenan Thompson. change in the neighborhood i don't think they're really super happy about that try to sell me drugs so many times at the corner store yeah i I don't (laughs) fucking do drugs i just want a mountain dew (laughs) and he kept showing me different drugs like is this the one you like this one i was like no man fucking (laughs) what store corner store just the corner store just that corner store right there on bedford and south four like that bodega it might be closed down for fucking drug activity (laughs) No, these Mountain Dews are just for show. The real you obviously aren't in here for just like, yeah, Dews. man. Like you guys are a close bodega with beverages. Like, is this so outrageous? <laughs> <laughs> You're fighting their diversification. You can't do that. They need. Yeah, to- I mean, it was it was an interesting experience. I was like, well, this neighborhood's not quite there yet. <laughs> they're going through changes. It's one of those changes, man. Like in the summertime, you know what I mean. It'd be like very. You know, I guess like a Brooklyn neighborhood, so it's like a lot of like Latino people, like Dominicans and Puerto Ricans and whatnot, mixed with like backpackers and tattooed kids, like riding bikes and shit. So it's just an interesting mix of like small Honda Civic drag racing and like ten speeds, like all in the same block. You know what I mean? It was a lot going on. We are reminiscing about Williamsburg with yeah. Keenan Thompson. Coolest rooftops out here, though. Man. Yeah, absolutely. There are some nice ones. Yeah. I used to be on South Forth in Kent, right under the bridge. Yeah, man, it's sweet over there. Yeah, did they have that? Just like being so near Peter Luger's too. Yes. Yeah, man. Do you go to Peter Luger a lot? I used to like go like maybe. Uh, well, I can't say that. I've only been like three times. Okay. It seems like 
You know, every time I walk past there, I can just easily walk in there and you know, that have nine dollar lunch the world. special, man. Yeah, we get burgers right? after this uh, sometimes. You do, right? Yeah, it's great. You have to. Yeah, you got to do it. I used to eat like on. I can't remember the name of the street, but it was like further down in that like super like early Williamsburg pocket of like stuff, like restaurants and little stores. Up Bedford. Yeah, like just further down Bedford. I think. Mm-hmm. Domsey's, remember Domsey's down there, that big uh, clothing store. No, I never shopped there. Not a big shopper. Domsey's was mad. You could buy like a- you could buy clothing by the pound. That's great. <laughs> Used clothing. Yeah, it was like vintage, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or recycled, as yeah. they say, recycled yes. clothing. Recycled. That's a better way to put it. Yeah. yeah. There so- was like a great burger stand, like a little warehousey burger place over there. It was like it looked like somebody's apartment. How long have you been out here? I'm in my 11th year of being a New Yorker. And you were, and how long were you in California? Uh, like eight years. Eight years? Like seven, seven, eight years, something like that, like right after high school. I used to live over in um, Hollywood. I remember driving on Sunset and you would pass that studio, like right near, not Gower, but the, the big studio. The yeah, Argyle. Yeah. Sunset yeah. and Argyle. That said Sunset and Argyle. <laughs> That's right. God, yeah. That's a. That's and you'd see those like cool ass paintings on the side, of, like mm-hmm. the different shows. I thought I always thought that was really cool. That wasn't like, either. They did that because right out the mountain, there was always a line. Of kids it made us feel front. like you know legit, like because Warner <laughs> Brothers would do that. They would put mm-hmm. like giant like Friends billboards like out on like the WB little studio lot where you're driving past. Like, mm-hmm. man, LA is so cool. I'm like, look at that, man. And then they put our little logos on the side of the building. I thought that was really cute. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, that's how my hair used to look when I was fifteen. <laughs> Now, how did that all start? Uh, just auditions. Mm-hmm. Like, they did, like, a nationwide searchy type of thing. And mm-hmm. audition, and I was, like, one of the last kids chosen. How long was that process? Was it, like, one of those where they just go through hundreds and hundreds? Yeah, but mine was different. Like, I was doing the Mighty Ducks at the time, and, like, the director of that knew, like, Brian Robbins or something mm-hmm. like that. So I went and, like, talked to those guys and, like, auditioned, like, right for those guys. And I think they had already had, like, five kids, and they were only looking for, like, a couple more so mine was a little more direct as opposed to, like, having to drive to, like, you know, a central audition place like North Carolina where they're mm-hmm. auditioning, like, from all over. Yeah. I've done those, too. Yeah, in Wilmington. Those just weird, yeah. I think I, used, I landed, I, like, a Publix commercial that way or something. <laughs> so was, this, did it always start out that, you know, performing was where you wanted to be? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, kind of, yeah. I did, like, you know, the gingerbread man. When I was like five, <laughs> and like my mom's friend was like, "You need to put him in acting classes." And then it was like acting class central from like eight, you know what I mean? Eight on eight, nine, ten, and then little things around Atlanta and stuff like auditioning for commercials and things like for a long time. But like my brother and I started together, and then we're four years apart. So when it was time for high school. He got like kind of cool and like left acting alone, and I was still kind of into it. <laughs> And, it, you know, just <clears throat> part after part, I started working on TBS. Like, they had a kid's news show. And I was, like, the movie critic. It was pretty sweet. Got to see free movies. And the first movie I critiqued was, like, the first Mighty Ducks. And then I tried out for the second one. And that was, like, my first job. So they said, job. we... Not Did worried about the review. That's my thing. We like, like I no, gave it <laughs> four popcorns. <laughs> I sure did. <laughs> That's the highest you can get. <laughs> yeah. What was the name of the TBS show? Real News for Kids. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where kids like read news to the kids, to other kids. And you actually got to write your own reviews? Yeah. That's I mean, cool. I didn't like, you know, there were people that would like write out like certain like pieces of dialogue, but then I could like. They would do it based off of what I would sit down and tell them after I watched the movie. So I kind of felt like I was involved yeah, yeah, totally. a little bit. Yeah, it was pretty sweet. Wow, four popcorns. <laughs> yeah, solid. That's a solid performance, man. <laughs> I was blown away by the first Mighty Ducks, man. It was a cool movie. Yeah, it really was. Like, oh man, it's just like kids and hockey, and they're young kids. And I recognized like the black kid in the movie because he was in like Moonwalker, and. You know, now I know his name's Brandon, like he's a friend of mine. It's just crazy, man, like, to go from there to there. Just being from Atlanta, you know what I mean? And then like, actually going to do, like, a real movie in Los Angeles at, like, 15. Like, it was nuts. And then from there, went to, like, Nickelodeon, and then I just started working from there. Is it just you and your brother? I have a sister, mm-hmm. yeah. Is she in the industry as well? 
Yeah, she likes she's writing songs now. She's kind of doing pretty good. She wrote for the some TV movie or something. I was kind of proud. She's much younger. Okay. And she's my half sister, but she's my whole in my heart. <laughs> when you oh, go ahead. I was just saying when you went out to California, did your mom go with you? Mm-hmm. My mom was like the main one to travel with me. Mm-hmm. And then like when we started Nickelodeon, I was in Orlando. So she would go back and forth to work <clears throat> in Atlanta because she's a nurse. So she could take some time and then go back and work sometimes. And that's when me and Kel became close because I would stay with him and his family when she was out of town until I was like 17-ish. And then I could like kind of stay on my own. It's like, I'm fine. You can go away for a week and I'll still get to work and everything. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, Wait, so at 17, you're like living on your own too? Ish. Ish. Yeah, like his mom, their apartment would be like a next door. So, yeah, sometimes I'd be like, I want to sleep kind of like, you know, in my own apartment. And, you know, by that time, it's like, yeah, sure, whatever. You're kind of oldish now. You're driving. And, you know, I got to check in with them. And, like, we're getting up every morning. You know what I'm saying? So it wasn't really a lot to get away with. And then we were 18, and then I was grown at that point. So now I could really do it for real, you know. Ever since stayed at the Nickelodeon Hotel in Orlando, Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it was there before I it was... It felt pretty creepy. Mostly there. little kids and adults. And then I think that was a band. newer thing. Yeah. When was this? This was, like, in November. Recently. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> a little too yeah, recently. They gave I don't you the know best friends. Yes. <laughs> it sounds like a Disney move. I mean, it's smart. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, but it's all for kids. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's Nickelodeon's thing. Yeah. Good kids rule. That is true. So what... How old were you when the Good Burger movie came out? When you guys made that, eighteen. Eighteen. Mm-hmm. Was that who's that? Was that your idea, or did someone from the channel come? That was a sketch from all that. It was like Kel's sketch, and you know, Dan was like Dan Schneider was a head writer or whatever. So the way they would do it would be like they would give us these sketches, and then you know they would be like I have a character like this or whatever, and then we would put voices and attitudes on it basically and kel like had an obsession with Ke- keanu reeves at the time <laughs> so that's the reason why his character talks like that i i think that's such a great story okay. <laughs> never, that's amazing that's, that's a healthy yeah. obsession to have there's he knows when those people are like people bag on him and then you talk yeah. about like you can talk about like 10 of your favorite movies one mm-hmm. of them's gonna have keanu in it absolutely and his delivery is always gonna be how it is because <laughs> he keeps it real with himself. <laughs> I love it. It's like if you've seen Dangerous Liaisons. It's like, yeah. It's like all of a sudden. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer and he, and I was like, you are my love. <laughs> Same thing with the one with Diane Keaton and uh, Jack Nicholson. That's a great movie. What's what is up? it? Something's Gotta Give or something? Yeah, Something's Gotta Give. Yeah. Keanu comes popping up. I'd like to date you. It's like, yeah, man. I believe it. I am a doctor and I'm interested in... <laughs> <laughs> in <laughs> your older self. Uh, that makes me laugh. You have a choice of two pills. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I love him. When, anytime that, that movie The Replacements is on, mm-hmm. I oh, watch that it. football one? Yeah. I watch it every yeah. time it's on. He's a movie star, man. Like, forget it. Whatever. Don't argue about it. No. <laughs> it's just, it is what it is. Like, we accept these things. We watch these people because we're familiar with them. When you when uh, you were working on all that, you said they had writers. Did you were you involved in writing the sketches too? Not as much as I am. Like with Saturday Night, it's like a totally different thing. Like they would, like I said, they would present us ideas, and like we would come up with a funny voice or not. And like those that would be funny would make it, and those that wouldn't would just get tossed to the side and try something else. There's a lot of things like Pierre Escargot started out as like a Spanish dude named Paco Delicious. And it was like a whole Spanish thing, like about, you know, talking Spanish gibberish or whatever. And they did like research and found out that that was offensive. So we made it French. And then nobody likes the French. Yeah. So it was just like things like that, like ping pong and like that. Like they would give us stuff and be like, oh, I have an idea. Or like I can do this voice like Super Dude was the same way. It's like we got a superhero who's lactose intolerant. And I was like, well, superheroes talk like this to me. You know what I mean? just from like as many times as we would do it is how the idea would grow as opposed to like sitting around and really collaborating you know what I'm saying like we would find things in the performances more so in the writer's room like I don't think we ever went to the writer's room we went to school yeah and then to rehearsal 
And was that like, like that three hours a day minimum you had to do with like mm-hmm. teachers and stuff? Yeah. yeah, banking those hours. You probably went to bed a lot earlier, too. Yeah. I mean, like, as soon as we get home, it's like a couple hours of, like, food and TV or something. It was pass out time because we're right back up at, like, 7 to get to school by 8, 8 to 11. You know what I mean? Then rehearse from, like, probably 11.30 to, like, 5 or something, depending on the day. school on set? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was like a little trailer, a little side trailer. I know some people out in LA who did that for jobs. They were the teachers. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Like, I used to fly through my schoolwork because it was, like, just me and the book. And, like, if I had a question, like, I would ask. And then if I didn't, I was, like, always when I would go back to school and have hiatuses, like, way past the classes. And teachers started hating me for that. I was like, well, what do you want me to do? Like, I've already done this work. And they're like, well, you have to sit there because I have to teach this work to, like, the rest of the kids. So, all right, well, you can't be mad at me if I'm, like, I'm not paying attention. Oh, we can be mad at you. Exactly. <laughs> it was like a back and forth like that. So I tried to be good. I really did. So what did you have? Did you go, like, right? Did you go into, like, LAUSD, like, the public schools when you are on hiatus? Or did you go back? No, in Atlanta. I'm from Atlanta. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, you went yeah. back to Atlanta. Yeah. Yep. That's cool. Of course you're going to be ahead. If you're in a room for three hours a day and it's a teacher and you and a couple of people, you got better one-on-one. Seriously. It's yeah. just one-on-one learning. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, Do you think yeah. that, wow, so the Department of Education could actually learn from the film and TV industry about how to teach? One-on-one learning. Yeah. If there was enough teachers, yeah. There are. They just don't pay them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So there's a lot of people out there in the world. How do we get off into education? <laughs> that's that's how this <laughs> that's, podcast. That's yeah. what we do. We now we talk about education. Yeah. I, the rest of it. I was okay. curious. So, like, I know you do a lot of singing on the show, and mm-hmm. you like are very musical. I mean, have you always been into music? Did you ever want to? It's be just a, band? a musical theater thing. It's okay. not necessarily like I'm a real singer or song. I thought we formed a band when you came in here. We're I'm going to. I've been seriously thinking. I was talking to my wife about it yesterday because I was like watching the Grammys, and. uh I love Willie Nelson, you know what I mean? I feel like Willie Nelson's kind of been singing the same three songs for 62 years. And I find that to be impressive, you know what I mean? Like, if you can really do that, like sing and play and, like, be that entertaining, you know what I'm saying? You can, like, live that kind of life. And I feel like I could stand out there for an hour in front of different people every night-ish. <laughs> and have, a home, in, really and have a home a in Maui just for kicks. You know like what I mean? Willie just Nelson. for right. kicks. Like Willie Nelson is like the awesomest guy in the world. You know what I mean? And for sure. Yeah, he's yeah there's not it. many chords on the acoustic guitar. You know, <laughs> like a lot of songs are like the same. They, that's what they tell me. Like since I've been playing, like it's the same four songs. You know, just the same four chords. I mean, like just different ways. And I'm like, well, yeah. If you want that, you just define punk. Yeah, and country. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like, but like simple melodies is what's catchy too. So sing along, everybody's happy. Dude, country like every country artist I've ever spoken to are the coolest people, and it's an industry that celebrates the songwriter. Like a lot of yeah, musicians, absolutely. it's all like it's all like, well, did you write it? Mm-hmm. You know, I care more if you write it. But in country, like, no, I didn't write it. No, this man, is we're an just awesome having, ass song. It's, it's a great song, and I'm singing it, and I'm happy to be singing mm-hmm. it. And I'm just happy to be here. My, my dad's out there. Hey, Dad. <laughs> They're just good, happy people. Like, I think they do celebrate the good in in American culture. Like mm-hmm. they try to. All the country songs are about love and heartache, or well, it's about cheating. And, yeah, or something like so cheating, cheating and, and boozing, but feeling bad about the cheating. I feel like you know, I'm like I shouldn't have done that, but you know, I did. And are you gonna take me back? Maybe, maybe not. Country and R&B, man, they're the same. <laughs> Same shit. <laughs> yeah, man, like, my bad, but can we move forward? <laughs> it's true. What kind of music are you are you into these days? Like, what do you listen to? I've been on a classic rock kick for, like, a while now. Like yeah? Six or seven, eight years, because it was, like, not necessarily music I grew up listening to. My parents were more Motownish <laughs> and, you know, Gap Bandish and all of that growing up. And then being from Atlanta, like, it started early with, like, Outkast and all of that. So I never really got the chance to experience Chicago like fully and you know all that shit so that's what I've been on lately <laughs> like Chicago Boston these were not Fucking bands I would Genesis, to come out Foreigner like Journey like sometimes but really they like jukebox hero Foreigner song 
uh, you know, America, fucking Cream, like all these, like that whole classic rock era I've been just obsessed with lately. How earlier do you go? How early do you go with Genesis? It's really like one Genesis song, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like I was watching the Genesis documentary last night because I don't know anything about Genesis. Like I found out last night Peter Gabriel was from Genesis, so that was something I didn't know. I knew who Peter Gabriel was, but I didn't know he was like the lead in Genesis, and I didn't know he had to do all these kind of like he's the guy on stage dressed dress up flower. things. Yeah, I didn't know he had to do all of that. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like I'm ignorant to that era like that, mm-hmm. so. Like, that Misunderstanding song is a good song. And, like, I hear it. It's because of Sirius, because of that classic rock station on Sirius. Mm-hmm. And I used to live in Vegas and commute back and forth to L.A. to audition or whatever. When I first got the job, I didn't want to pay California and New York taxes at the same time. So I moved to Vegas just so I could, like, be close to, like, still in the biz, you know what I'm saying, and still doing my thing. So I would be out there on the highway, and I wouldn't want to necessarily listen to, like, CDs I already have and songs that I know or whatever and, you know, Hip-hop on the satellite is, like, not as great. It's like... It's That's not a as, crazy commute, It's man. not as particular to my commute, taste. Dude. Driving through the desert? It's great. It's like <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's 100 miles an hour for, like, two hours, man, because like, nobody's out there. What ages were you in Vegas? 25 to, like, 28, 9. Danger. You know what I mean? Danger. Danger. time to be living in Vegas. I was living in Henderson, thank God, like, which is closer to the Hoover Dam, which is away from all of that and you kind of celebrate the fact that Vegas has great restaurants and that's about it <laughs> you know what I mean like, do you any bass fishing up there in the Hoover I would no but like <laughs> I was living like in a like a lakeside community but nobody would take me out on the boat oh man I never went to Havasu I'm lame man <laughs> I'm super lame I'm just, lame. that's what I'm saying I'd be out on the Havasu? highway listening to the classic rock station that sounds way better half hours, like by myself yeah and I got super into it. Doobie Brothers and shit. Like, I don't know. I'll go through my phone right now and read you a list of my most recent <laughs> purchases. I'm <laughs> Or even things that I've shazammed because I was like, oh, that's a good song. Let me, what's that song? That drive at night always blew me out. Like, I remember just pulling off the road and you just, because you don't Pitch. see the stars. Yeah. Pitch. Oh. Or like, even if you see, like, if it's a full moon and you'll see like that kind of curvature of those, like, mountains. And you're like, gorgeous. Those are desert mountains. Yeah. Okay, so Burning Sky, Bad Company. <laughs> the Chicago Beginnings, yeah. Sweet Judy Blues, Crosby, Stills, and Nash. I'm telling you. With a little help, Joe Cocker. I go Heart of Stone, Rolling Stones, Horse of No Name, America. <laughs> it's that Miracles, 70s era Jefferson, Starship. FM radio stuff, yeah. man. Question, Moody Blues. It's like, pretty intense. Right God. place, wrong time, Dr. John. Moody Blues was one I, I learned. Blind that, Faith, you know. Oh, I'm Blind Faith. Faith. That's the yeah. only Clapton record I like. Yeah. Blind Faith. Cause that, and that, you that, don't like Cream? No, I don't like Cream. And the only Steve no Winwood I like. for you? Mm. No, and one Steve Winwood? Which one is it? Uh, Spencer Davis Group. Oh, more dude, he is. I think. Yeah. I feel like he has some jams. I, I, like, Steve Winwood's got some jams. I feel jams. like even the hit, like Higher Love, Back in the High Life. See, our friendship doesn't need to go to this area. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So, like, that's one particular pocket of, like, rock and roll that I'm, like, obsessed with. But past that, I don't know much about, like, even the Soundgarden area, era or, like, the era right now. Like, I know Mumford & Sons because my wife's super into it. But that Americana resurgence. I like the Foo Fighters. But, like, there's a lot, been a lot of people that come through the show, like, even Bastille, I never really knew before they were there. And like a lot of people, like Arctic Monkeys, and they're one of the Bastille's one of those bands that it's serious. Like yeah. Sirius is launching a lot of people now. That's where they're getting yeah. their first oh, really? and stuff. Yeah, that's a cool. Lot of that, which is nice. The Killers are cool. I can only imagine. I love yeah. those guys. But like, I don't know much about like the nineties. Like, like around Nirvana, like, um, what? Not, not the Wallflowers, but like, uh. uh that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, you actually, right then, you just defined the 90s. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I'm like, eh. was it? Like Soundgarden. Yeah, yeah Soundgarden. Soundgarden. They went away and came back. Okay. Metallica was on the Grammys, and, like, I didn't know that they were that, A, that old, or what the song was. I didn't know their song What song did they play that the much? They, and they're, like, the biggest band ever, like, oh, according God, to Jared Leto. They did one. 
which they'd done on the Grammys before. They played the song one? They played one. Isn't that song like eight minutes long? Yeah, and, and so they decided to add uh, Chinese pianist extraordinaire Long Long. Long Long. Which just proved why there is no piano in metal. <laughs> it was garbage. It was and garbage. I Le- think Jim Brewer said it best when he was saying it's like, it's kind of sad to watch all these metal heads getting older. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just like, the dude was like growling and snarling in the microphone with like so much gray. Yeah. I was like, this is like that sketch that Fred wrote. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Verbatim. It's uh, God, <laughs> totally. And Lars looks like, I mean, he looks, he, he, he so looks like Gollum. Now, like yeah, even more I, so, even more so. That's the drummer guy? Yeah. <laughs> I only know that from like Napster. The yes. Napster issues. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. going to be his legacy. Yeah. Like As the dick is. who sued his fans. Yeah. But they were so into it. Like they were like, but I'm like, that. of course they are. It's just like watching like, you know, Mick Jagger do his thing. You know, he's an older guy, but still. He's a great McCartney, like McCartney will not ever stop. He can't. So... It's just different to watch, like, the the snarling and the growling. Yeah. And like, yeah, yeah. That's oh, why those country guys have it made, like Willie, man. Yeah, it's smooth, like golf. Smooth, yeah. smooth you can play your Willie Nelson. Yeah. <laughs> smooth Willie. Yeah, absolutely. You can do it life and nobody calls you out on it. And I, I don't want to, like, misquote with the, like, three songs thing, but, like, I just don't know much about Willie Nelson's music. Like, his most famous songs seem to be, like, a, just a couple that I hear all the time. Well, he, yeah, wrote, he I, wrote Patsy Cline's biggest hit. Yeah, I'm sure he's, uh, fantastic. he's a songwriter. I, yeah. I, I got. I like Stardust. That was all covers, right? Mm-hmm. That was a good record. Mm-hmm. And that's I like the story about Willie Nelson that he did light up in, in the White House. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, complete truth. He, that's and he, awesome. he was like, yeah, yeah, I just, I just, you know, I just do it so much. I didn't really. Yeah, I was going to say it. no to Willie Nelson. <laughs> yeah. he it doesn't pop. mean any harm, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure people have done worse things in the White House. <laughs> Mm, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's been documented. <laughs> so, what do you do, kind of, when you're on hiatus? Do you just go back to Atlanta, or do you do do you do stand up stuff ever? Or? Some of like of all of that. Like, I go to I used to go to Atlanta a lot before I had my own place with my wife, and now we have our own place in Florida, so I go there a lot. And uh, yeah, some stand up gigs. Like I do colleges mostly, so it's more so like a lecture. In a theater, as opposed to like, you know, stand-up jokes. I, I want to develop a stand-up set. I want to do a lot of things. I'm just way too lazy. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I feel like being on SNL for this long, like you can't be lazy. I mean, yeah, like your hours must be so insane, man. Yeah. No, we have good work ethic. You know, I just have all these other ambitions, and there's no way I could like dedicate ten thousand hours to another career. I'm actually quite happy and my experience there you know what i mean like my brotherhood there is insane do you feel used to that like i guess you must be so used to that schedule too because i know like it's stuff like you get invited to a wedding you're like i can't make plans for this week we have a show yeah and it's weird that like when you start to realize like the people around you start to get that too you know what i mean like i was like i was gonna invite you to this but i know you was busy it's like right yeah thanks for sparing me you know having to tell you no once again because there's not a lot of time for a lot of things, and I haven't spent a lot of time with people outside of the city or outside of like my destinations when I do have time off. So that's kind of tough. But it's also a good excuse to get out of stuff you don't want to do. Exactly. Yeah, I don't have to do many things that aren't cool. Yeah, <laughs> we do the coolest things only. The coolest things only. And yeah, that's that's part of life. Is that it's like a good excuse? It's like that performers thing. Is where so many bands. You know, it's like, no, I don't go out New Year's Eve because I'm working. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't go out on Halloween because I'm working. Yeah, you know? that's it's crazy. A big money maker, you know. It has to be. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. <clears throat> Grateful Dead could have stopped at one point, but why would they? Because they were an industry, and one, he liked heroin, mm-hmm. and he. But they were talking about Genesis like that too. They were saying like, when Peter Gabriel left, like. They could have stopped it, but like they were like, okay, no, we'll keep going with Phil. Well, they realized Phil could sing. Right. And then when Phil left, they had like more on the line, so they couldn't quit or something like that. Yeah, when they went to the whole the whole trio thing. And then what's his face? Um, Mike. Steve Hackett. 
That was the first guitar player. Why do I know this <laughs> about Genesis? I'm upset and I'm angry. Yeah, that's weird. I know that. So he left too, and then they just became the trio. Then they did that Abacab mm-hmm. record. Oh my god! I only watched it because like I've listened to that song and it's a cool song. It's yeah. a cool song. My first two concerts ever were Phil Collins in 1990, but seriously tour and See Genesis that? We Can't Dance tour. Come on, man! I remember actually my brother being like obsessed with Phil Collins because yeah. he's a percussionist. Yeah, dude. And my brother was like a quad player in the marching band, and he was like obsessed with Phil Collins. There was, there was like some album where like it was like Phil Collins dueling like another dude. He did that live at the show. Yeah, who was it? It's, was it's it, a dr- it was Billy like, Joel and no, Phil it's Collins. Their drummer. It's their drummer they hired for Genesis, and he's like the six session guy, and I can't remember his name. Yeah, but he's awesome. Yeah, they did it. So I didn't even know when I saw him. I was like twelve. I didn't know Phil Collins played drums. Then he got behind the kit and just started shredding, shredding like Shit. it was insane, shredding it. Yeah, but he played wrong because <laughs> he played in that old style. So now he can't move. Oh really? He's broken. Yeah, he's broken. Like he's his, his, like a football player. He was like this, and you know, you have to sit up when you play, otherwise, you're gonna break your back. You know? And wow. He broke his back. He's, he's really up. into what the Alamo now or something. He's the biggest. I an interview. He's like the biggest collection of Alamo artifacts. Didn't we talk about this? Yeah. <laughs> we talked about this in the live podcast. We did. Really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Alamo is we a fucked up story, but like, he's all obsessed with it. Obsessed That's kind of crazy. It, yeah. Guess if you're gonna pick something in another country that you're not from. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what history is there in England? Right, yeah. that's a good point. What would Seriously. you focus on? Fucking King Arthur? Not even real. It's not David real. Crockett was real. Yeah. Word up. <laughs> Amen, brother. <laughs> Where did Jean K. Jean come from? Uh, my buddy Brian Tucker and I write a lot together. And he was like, I want to do like a French type dude. And I was like, that's cool. I think it'd be funny if he was like Def Jamming. I think. Brian was like, I think he's a Def Jam French comedian. I was like, okay, great. <laughs> but it'd be funny if he didn't have a French accent or no French <laughs> like that. I can love him. I you love know him. what I mean? Like, especially if you're going to have a Def Jam aspect, I think it would like be too confusing <laughs> if he was trying to do like the French version yeah. and just have him be straight up a Def Jam dude that talks about French things. Like, that's a lot more fun to me. And then we just, you know, collaborate and talk like that and it just popped out like that. It's what Started it was, listing French shit like, yeah, you know, got some orange, Gina. <laughs> it's, it's like you know when you look forward to something on Weekend Update, mm-hmm. and, and it kills me. Every I day love it, time. and you know we watched the Bernie, the you know it's a homage to Bernie Mac's like first mm-hmm. Def Jam appearance because when he came on, he would like say something crazy and he would say kick it, and then, like the music would kick in and he would dance a little bit and he would cut it off and be like, you don't understand. <laughs> I ain't scared of you motherfuckers. <laughs> and he kept doing that. Like, he did it, like, four or five times. And he, like, blew the house up. He was, like, a blow-the-house-up stand-up comedian. That was fantastic. And it's an homage to that. So That's really cool. I had no idea. Yeah. That's really cool. And I'm, I was, uh, I like Twitter. And I was following on Twitter. And David Wayne, <clears throat> he just tweeted once that he's, like, I could watch What's Up With That over and over and over again. He's like, it's just such a perfect sketch. And it's fun. It's, it's so perfect. David Wayne's a good dude. We just yeah. did that movie with him and Polar and Rudd that's going to come out at some point in life, I hope. And uh, he's really nice. He's super funny. I used to watch him on Reno when he was on Reno. Like, he would pop up every now and again. Mm-hmm. Children's Hospital is amazing. And Wet Hot American is like a classic, I guess. It's like... They're golden goose. Yes. It's on amazing. a lot lately. We had Janine Graflow on. And with Vanessa. And with Vanessa. And we Vanessa talked. Oh, we did oh was that's cool. Real Janine about what uh, American summer. Feels like, like blankets and tea, that conversation. Like a lot of tea <laughs> and like dim lights, just blankets. Yeah. Soft talk. It's cozy. Tell yeah, us about candle. Paul Rudd and David Hyde Pierce. <laughs> Hyde Pierce. He cracked me up like one of the greatest times. <clears throat> he was on like one of those like late night shows. Leno or something, but I knew he was funny, but I didn't know he was this funny. He just bought an organ and like a real like church organ and he put it in his house and it's like in his front window. But he was always concerned about his neighbors being bothered by it. So he brought headphones to plug in to it. So when people walk by, all they would see is ha 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 <laughs> and not hear anything. I, that made me laugh so hard. 
Oh my God! But yeah, what's up with that? It's fun, man. It's high energy. It's God bless. Good so times. Great. It's rude. Yeah, everybody loves rudeness in a in a polite kind of way. And it, you know, it it, it revived Lindsey Buckingham's best career. man. That's the greatest joke. I give that. That's Brian all day. Like that's how clever he is on both sides. Like he's obsessed with black culture and he writes that way too, even though he's a, a white guy <laughs> from Virginia. But. You know, I think you just defined how rock and roll started. That's what I'm saying. Like it's a good <laughs> to collaborate with people like that because he's more encyclopedic, encyclopedic. That's not a word. Should be encyclopedic. Yeah, with his approach. It. Can that yeah. sketch be done without Sudeikis dancing? No, it can't be done yeah. with any of them. Without yeah. any of them, it can't be done without Fred. Yeah, it can't be done without Bill. It can't be done without those guys. Like that's just how what it is. I wouldn't want to because the Lindsey Buckingham thing is my favorite joke. That's my favorite joke in the whole thing. Like, if you ever watch any of them, I'm barely getting through that part <laughs> because it's so ridiculous. Just And I'm, he's never upset. He's upset, kind of, but he's just playing. And we're best friends. And I think that's hilarious. <laughs> if you could just put out a DVD of just all of them. Yeah, why not? I should have taped them, but damn DVR doesn't have that many gigs. <laughs> yeah, I mean... They're fun to do. Ah, it's so they really fun. are. Uh, that, that's what shows, man. Like whenever you do stuff, it's like um, I read an interview with Fallon one time who said that uh, I'm paraphrasing, but Will Ferrell was like putting on a bear suit and he's like, "I get to do this. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do this. I get to do this." Yeah. And you know, whenever you see uh, you specifically, but pretty much anybody on SNL performance, like you get to do this, and it just always seems fun. You gotta take the pleasure in, in doing it, you know what I'm saying? Especially when you figure out something that's grooving. Like, I knew that thing was grooving when we would rehearse it, and like everybody else would be like more out of breath than me. Like, Sedegas would be like pouring sweat, and like Fred would be like huffing and puffing, and like, they don't even talk. Uh, you know what I mean? I'm like, everybody's really committing to this thing. Like, this is this is like, you can't ask for more than that when you're like just being a creative person with an idea like and you have these you know you're taking these people's time it's late friday and we have to rehearse it takes a while to like you know get the actual blocking down because there's so much going on so when you see that happening it's like oh this is special for everybody so this is gonna be awesome it's already special for me because it's been picked so far you know what i'm saying (laughs) so now i just have to try to get it on and then once we did it once and then we did it twice. Now it's got like its own little stencil. It's like make a run at it. And every time we do it, it's super fun. And it's an easier rehearse now. And like everybody's having fun. And it just gets crazier and crazier. I came one time with Jonah and you basically opened the show singing. Like you warm up the crowd. Do you still do that? Mm-hmm. That's fun. Yeah. It's fun. Like I keep blowing my voice out every time we have a hiatus and come back. So, like, my first shows are always, like, super hoarse. Because, <laughs> like, you know, I'm singing, singing, singing like Steve Winwood, Like, you know, I mean, do we give me that some loving. That's my song that I'm singing right now. So <laughs> yeah, really? I'm yeah. just yelling a lot. And, like, I get super hoarse the first week that I do it. It must be sick. Like, I feel like that band is so sick, too. That's the, that's the part. That's the reason. Yeah. They're great. Yeah. They're great. It's It's crazy to even, like feel like you're a part of that like you know what i mean like they're so with it and together like i'm singing basically bad karaoke but they sound so great i disagree it's just so fun yeah well i'm glad you do i do i appreciate that but yeah it's it's so fun to even be with those guys for a a couple seconds yeah ish yeah i mean once i got into like this group you know that's known around atlanta for like musical theater and writing their own plays and stuff, and people like Candy Burris from Escape, and she's like a, de- a real housewife of Atlanta now, and, you know, she's like on Broadway and shit. She was in the group, and, like, you know, other people from Escape were in the group, and, like, I'm trying to think of, oh, like, Indy Iree was in the group, you know what I mean? So it was, like, a cool little group of, like, you know, not necessarily inner city, but it was, like, I hate the word urban to describe black people, so I'm just going to say black people, like a bunch of black kids, you know what I'm saying? Oh, you mean the way Billboard describes its charts for black yeah, people? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm just going to say black people. Like, I go back and forth with the African-American thing, but I'm really tired. I'm going to say black people for now, and because I'm trying to get to the point. 
<laughs> we were a bunch of like kids under the direction of this guy, Freddie Hendricks, who's like an actor. And they did like a lot of the like black theater movement in the South, basically. So they would do all the like, you know, cat under a hot tin roof type plays, you know what I mean? Like all those plays. And like Spike Lee like knows a lot of those actors. He puts a lot of those actors in his movie. So we're like descendants of those guys, basically. And they taught us how to like write plays and perform plays and like we would write the songs and perform the songs. And it was like in um a place called Five Points, Little Five Points in Atlanta. Yeah. There was a theater. I've been, I've been to Vortex we Burger. Mm-hmm. And we did it like all through high school. So that's where the singing thing comes from. And then like a love of like good, soulful ish type runs you know what I mean like CeeLo is one of my favorite people to listen to when he's like featured on somebody's song because he brings such a incredible soulful switch to whatever that person would have been doing it's it's insane so I like a good I like a good melody and yeah I kind of got into the fact that I thought I could sing a song and then I wanted to sing through a sketch I was trying to figure out like what can I do that would make a stamp on this show that's been running for 30-plus-odd years or whatever. I do something sing-songy. We tried a lot of different things, like church things, stuff like that. Like, I can sing well enough to, like, fill up a table read. So that's kind of where that started. Do you ever get used to that moment of, like, I guess, I don't know, I'm going to use the term nerves, but waiting to see if your sketch gets picked? What? Like, like you know, when you, mean, like, like, you do the rehearsal? Uh, yeah, I guess, like, um, Vanessa was talking about it. Like, you know, you have the rehearsal, you put a whole bunch of sketches, and they choose what's going in the show. Mm-hmm. Like, is it, do you ever get used to that? No. Not when you have something up for grabs. Like, if you're trying to put something in the show, again, you don't know until you walk in there and see. And then you never really fully know. Like, I've had things go well, in my opinion, and not get picked. So you never really know. You hope. And you think you have, like, an idea, but it doesn't always happen. Like, And it's, a, you know, a lot of different variables of why things don't happen. Some things are time. Some things are less interested for other people, you know what I mean, less interesting or whatever. And some things genuinely don't go well, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, it's always kind of terrifying in between shows. Like, I don't know, like, the butterflies kind of started, like, 5.30 and they don't go away till like 1 o'clock in the morning that's a long time yeah it's a long time <laughs> yeah. so are you are you the longest running cast member on the show right now uh I will be starting next week yeah once Seth oh, yeah. gets out of the way that's right <laughs> what, what's that been like for you maybe just to see the way the cast has kind of changed while you're kind of been like a constant it's insane man yeah. I can't even because you don't even fathom yourself, like, getting the fucking job in the first place. So then to get it and then, like, keep it and then, like, wind up being, like, the oldest person. And little old me, I'm 30. You know what I mean? I'm 35. I'm just a kid from Atlanta who just likes to work at being an actor, basically. And now this has happened. It's not like I'm a, you know, praise stand-up comedian or, like, a, you know, praise comedian in general. Like, I'm a good performer and I like having fun and stuff like that, but... You know, I don't think I don't think people like look at me and say, "Oh, he's a great writer too." Like, even though we do write every week, I don't think people know that right off the bat. So, yeah, I think a lot of people still don't weird. realize that. Yeah, it's weird for me to like be in that position. But that was like the same. We had Fred come on, and he was like, "Yeah, I just played in a band, and then did this mm-hmm. dumb video, and then so awesome." Yeah, I love Fred's story. I love like a lot of people's stories there. Like just the fact that there was doing so many different natural things in life like actual like jobs or whatever and then all of a sudden they're famous like for portlandia right fred was a fucking blue man guy you know what i mean yeah and he's an awesome guitarist he's an awesome musician you know for sure and he could have easily led that life but he wound up being like one of the better comedian comedic brains out right now it's i love that he was obviously just an incredibly talented guy. When you first started at SNL, and <clears throat> did you like, had you done any sketch prior? I know you said the the writers for all that stuff would like throw out an idea, but had you sat in a room and written and learned that, or was it just a crash course when you got it? 
trying. I mean, like, seen it happen before, but not necessarily a giant part of it. Like, I wrote an episode of Keenan and Kale, you know what I mean? But that's different. It's not like writing an episode of all that, which was, like, all sketch. Mm -hmm. So, like, I'd been in a writer's room before, but never... To the like to the effect of what do you have this week to service our show? You know what I'm saying. So that was definitely a crash course that I and it you know wasn't that big of a crash. It took a long time before <laughs> I actually wrote my first sketch that got on. Like people would write for me, but like the first time I had an idea that got on the show was, wasn't until like my fifth season or something like that. What was the fifth season? If I'm not mistaken, I was scared straight. But I felt like you, like even in Good Burger, like I felt like, you know, it was like Sinbad, Carmen Electra, Shaq, mm-hmm. like there were so many amazing cameos. I mean, what was that sort of like being around those kind of people at that age? It was awesome. Yeah. I mean, it was like a kid in a candy store, like all these people that I would love on my TV, like standing in front of me. So it was, you know, great for the people that are great. And then it was like weird having the curtain pulled back on people that you love and find out that they're weirdos or whatever. Right. So it was a good mix of both of those. But, you know, Sinbad's awesome. Karma Lecture, she was really, really nice. You know what I mean? Like, that was when she was dating Be Real. So, like, Be Real was around. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, dropping her off at work every day. <laughs> <laughs> it was fucking awesome. Um, she like, just smelled like weed the whole time. Yeah, he never got out of the car. Like, he <laughs> would drop her off in, like, a sick-ass, like, dually, like, lower to the ground. You know, super tinted up old Chevy truck or whatever. Like, super, like... Like, what you would expect the lead rapper of Cypress Hill to be driving. <laughs> and, like, you could tell it's him because he has that face and that beard or whatever. Like, you see him through the tinted windows. And, like, you know that they're dating because, like, that's life. And, yeah, he would drop her off and then he'd be there waiting to pick her up. Like, even if we had, like, night shoots and it was, like, 5 in the morning. like, And it was just him. It wasn't, like, an entourage. Like, they were in, like, a full-on relationship. So... It was a cool time. It was a really cool time. Sinbad lived across the street from my grandparents <laughs> in Northridge. That's awesome. And I didn't know that until I went to visit him once. Mm-hmm. And my aunt was like, come over, we're going to meet our neighbor, Sinbad. And I was like, that's a nah. weird name. <laughs> I was not like the comic. Right. And I walk in, he's like, hey, obviously I had no idea that uh, my aunt was like, hey, I'm going to drag my nephew over <laughs> to invade your home. His wife was so polite. I, was, I didn't know what to do. I was like, hey. Oh man! Like, was it an awesome house? It was. It was a really nice suburban house in California. That's you know? great. You know, and I was like, D- D- different world. That's great. You know, I was like, he, I didn't, he's got to be a good neighbor. I didn't know what to do. And it's, it was it, so there's cool. worse comedians to live across the street from. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Sinbad, like that'd be so great. He was so nice. Oh, you have you seen the movie House Guest? <laughs> yeah, with Phil Hartman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, of course, because we either had just worked with him or were about to work with him. So I was all over that movie. And I was obsessed with Saturday Night as a kid anyway before yeah. I got the job. Like So Phil Hartman was like a god and you know Farley was like a god and Sandler were like, those guys were like so untouchable growing up. No, 100%. I love Sinbad's outfits in Good Burger too. Like that <laughs> suit with like the question marks on it. Yeah, like. man. Like, he <laughs> loves the 70s. I'm like, there's no reason for this teacher to be dressing like this. <laughs> But Sinbad would not let it go. So he was like, no, he's going to have an afro. And he's going to have bell bottoms and, and, like, the shoes, the stacks. They're going to zip up to my knees. Yeah, all of that. I had an orange VH- leopard VHS robe of it. And all of that. So good. Yeah. I love it. And they were like, yeah, okay, Sinbad, sure. Whatever you want. <laughs> so good. He keeps that towel. If you, know anything, if you know anything about Sinbad, he keeps, like, a leopard towel. It's weird little tick he has he just carries it around you know like some bigger guys like sweat a lot i guess so they keep a towel with him okay it's kind of like that leopard it's a leopard print that's what's so (laughs) interesting about it to me (laughs) but and it's always that it's never like you know white blue brown it's always that leopard print maybe he gets it towel i don't know that's an interesting endorsement maybe that has happened once watch old footage of like you know, Sinbad in Aruba or Sinbad, you know, goes to Vegas. They'll come out with that towel. <laughs> I'm telling you. 
He's probably maybe he wanted it to catch on. He maybe had a licensing deal. <laughs> <laughs> like, Soon everyone like a, would have leopard. It seems like a good lucky type of a, a thing, like a hey, comfort you know. zone. Yeah, you know, you know, <laughs> little blanket, security blanket. Do you have any any stuff like that? No, not really. Yeah, it's a good towel, a, man. Towel is good. I remember we all red hitchhikers. Can you use it for a blanket? <laughs> yeah, no, it can be used like you know. You all have. if there's an infant or something, you could curl up. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. Keep the infant warm. <laughs> Clean up after sex. Yeah, lots of things. <laughs> Wait, what did you say? I'm not. I'm, yes. You clean up. <laughs> you, you, some people clean up afterwards. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> Aware of you that. don't have to. <laughs> that would explain the infrequency. Yes. <laughs> See, uh, Florida. Now, you mm-hmm. did you get a house down there because my you, wife's from there. Oh, she, well, okay. I don't know. I don't know if like. Well, she's not from there, but you know, she her mom moved there when they were in like when she was in like middle school, and she went to like high school down there. Do you like Florida? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, it's just like Atlanta with water. Yeah. Very similar. <laughs> Really? Yeah. Part of Florida. Tampa. Oh, okay. Yeah, Tampa's just like it. Oh, we, my band just played there. And I thought we played in Ybor City. Yeah, Ybor's cool. Yeah, it was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tampa's super chill, man. It's just, you know, Walmart life, basically. Yeah. <laughs> it must be a nice change of pace, though, from It is. Here, yeah. It's so smooth. Yeah. The roads are so smooth, driving around. And then... If you keep driving, you'll wind up on an awesome beach or something. It's pretty sweet. And it's always warm. Like even when you might want some coldness. Yeah. It's a, it's a warm cold if it's going to be cold. I mean, it gets cold, but like the next day it'll warm up right back up to like 70 or something. Yeah, but that humidity, man. There's yeah, that's why it's like weird when it Tampa. gets cold because it's like, oh, man, it's really cold. Because like it's a humid cold, so it's weird. Like it gets like really cold. But then it won't last more than a day or two. It shoots right back up. And you're like, oh, man, a T-shirt shorts again. <laughs> so sweet. <laughs> sandals. Like, I stay in sandals when I'm down there. How often do you get back out to California? I used to go a lot, but I don't go any, as much anymore. Like, when you're married, it's like you visit your families. You know what I'm saying? Her family, my family. And that's what I do on my times off. Like... When I don't have a job, it'll probably change. And if I need to go out there, I go out there. But the last couple of times I've gone, it's just been for the day, which is much different. Cause I used to go out there on my highest breaks and like be out there trying to work the biz, you know what I mean, and spend the whole week out there or whatever. But I don't do that anymore. I mean, do you still? Would you still have to audition for stuff? Cause I feel like you could be like, turn on the TV for the last ten years, you can see that's my audition. Yeah, I audition a lot actually, but. You know, I'm trying to, like, do more than just comedy. So that's usually what I audition for is, like, different indies or, you know, things like that. But, like, you know, comedy is it's more so who's doing it. Do I know them yet? And we have, like, more of a conversation about things. Do they see me fitting in their project and blah, blah, blah. But, like, I auditioned for the Morgan Freeman thing that I did with him. So it was called Summer at Dog Days. Now it's called The Magic of Belle Isle. It's a, you know, it's a leap. <laughs> but it's a cool movie. Rob Reiner directed it. And uh-huh. he, like, auditioned for him, and he damn near kind of gave me the part in the room. He was really nice. Wow. Right on. Yeah. Well, you know, he's living his own life of, like, the business. You know what I'm saying? Like, he may, he'll he make a movie when he wants to and, like, put it out however he wants and doesn't really have to go through a lot of channels, so... It's different. Like, you audition for, like, any other project. I'm sure you have to jump through a lot of different hoops before you actually get the job. So that it's was, fi- like, a smaller little movie. And then he was like, Morgan Freeman's going to do this movie for me, you know what I mean? Because we just did Bucket List or whatever. We're just going to go make it in upstate New York. And it's just whatever story. And that's what we're going to do. <laughs> I was like, fucking thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. I will be there. I drove myself up there, like. It was like upstate, and I drove up there every day. It was fun. How long were you up there for? It was only two weeks. Okay, cool. Like one weekend, like another week there, but it was fun. Virginia Madsen was in it. Had you met Morgan Freeman before? I did. He came and did a What's Up With That. Oh, that's right. Like a couple months or so before that, and I had to remind him of that, which I thought was funny. 
but he was awesome. Like, he's on another level. This is Morgan Freeman, you know what I mean? And besides that, he also sails his own boat and flies his own plane. So he's like another guy, basically. Like, he's on another planet with, like, how he looks at things, basically. He said he sailed his boat to, like, wherever the fuck. He went somewhere super far, like, crossed an ocean to get somewhere or something, so... Yeah, I still get lost in my own neighborhood just walking around. You know what I'm saying, like, he's another guy. So I'm, I didn't really take it, you know, I wasn't really that offended that he didn't remember being on What's Up With That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. when he right had to figure out how to plot a flight path to get there. Yeah, because he just, like, to come to the Rob Reiner movie, he just left, like, I think, like, a premiere for Batman or something in, like, Cannes or something. like, And he flew his plane from there or something really or like he was working on like the mandela thing and he just came from like south africa the week before or something (laughs) that he flew his plane back to and fro so i was like okay i'm hearing these stories and i'm like yeah my hi my name is keenan thompson um we're gonna be working together this is a real pleasure and uh we'll start with the dialogue (laughs) you don't have to know much more about me than that We'll start from page one. I think uh, the first line is yours. You say, uh, my nephew, how are you doing? And I say, great, uncle. (laughs) (laughs) Is is film something you want to be doing a lot more of, or do you still like television? You want a half hour? I like it all. I mean, if I really had the discipline to get an hour of good stand-up, you know, up, I would love to do that, too. But that's a lot of dedication to, like... yeah. Well, you're also always writing, I guess, for the show. It must be hard. Like, that's how I feel. Like, it's hard for me to write in creative stuff when I'm writing for a living sometimes. Yeah, and, like, I keep hearing from, like, the greats of stand-up that you have to just go out there and, like, get on the road and, like, just do it for a year or whatever. Yeah, I'm not going to be doing that. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm sorry. I just, that's not me. So, yeah, writing and producing TV and film is, like, kind of where my good pocket is. I like doing stuff like that. And like films like, are the best. That's like the grandest of it all. You know what I'm saying? Like the biggest budgets or whatever, biggest trailers, biggest crews, like just a lot of people working on like an idea. And TV can be, you know, a scale of all of that. It could be super large or it could be super small. And people that are kind of left alone seem to be kind of the happiest. Like, you know, Fred's doing his fifth season in Portlandia, you know what I mean? Because he's on IFC and he's like left to his devices. That's awesome. Like, it's different when you, like, you know, mess with the big boys. There's a lot of people that have to say, well, that makes sense to me, or that doesn't make sense to me. Right. The college thing's a good gig. Like, uh, I'm a big yeah. Kevin Smith fan. I know he just does that. He does these Q&As. Where Kills it. Go fill a room, and kid will ask a question. He'll talk for 20 minutes. Someone ask another question. Night's over. The king of that is John Stewart these days, from what I hear. Oh, really? Because John does both. Like, he'll have, like, a good stand-up set or whatever. But he'll also do like a charity gig for a college where he'll be like, okay, like the week of Christmas or something, I'll come to your school and I'll do like an hour and a half Q&A. I won't tell any like, you know, daily show jokes or anything, but I'll do an hour and a half for free, you know what I mean, for like one of the biggest schools that he could get, like one of the biggest checks for. So I heard that story and I was pretty impressed. He did a debate at George Mason, pretty sure it was George Mason, uh, with Bill O'Reilly. Like, we're going to go debate. That's awesome. For charity. That's great. And and they put it up on, God, I don't want to say YouTube, but they just they streamed it so you could pay money to watch them do it mm-hmm. or be there. And it's uh, and I, that's that's the sweet life. That's the sweet life, like having a successful sitcom, like in the mid-90s is the sweet life. <laughs> For real. Like, you're getting super paid. You're working, like, three-day weeks, and you're probably, like, in California or something. Yeah. Like you're if you're like one of the friends or you're like one of the Seinfelds, like sweet life. Because basically you're just going to sit and chat for an hour and a half. It's not like a lot of pressure where it's like, where did he come up with this joke? You know what I mean? Or how did he dissect that? And oh, that's awesome that he moved past that premise and brought it back around for a callback and blah blah fucking blah. <laughs> but I love stand up. You know what I mean? Like I respect it too much not to give it what it deserves before I do a stand-up special. That's why I've never, like, just thrown up, you know, even though I see a lot of Showtime people with stand-up specials, they go fill up some room and stand on stage for an hour. I, I don't know. I just I always respected it more than that to do it like that. I think stand-up's the hardest gig in It kind of is. 
Yeah, I, when Vanessa started doing it, I was like, I've been playing in bands forever, but I was yeah. like, you can hide behind your amp, you can mm-hmm. look at the ground, you mm-hmm. can turn your back, and but I just feel like it's so brave to get up there and do it's it. It's so brave. Like time. people are actually listening to you talk, and they are expecting for you to make them laugh for an hour, every whatever the statistic is, five seconds, seven seconds. That's a lot. And if you think you've written twenty, you've written three. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> And, like, God bless the ones that are great at it. Like, people that have had, like, great first stand-up specials. Like, Martin's first stand-up specials. Like, that shit's impressive. Richard, you know, Sunset Strip and the other one in Long Beach. Really impressive. You know what I mean? George Carlin. His whole catalog. Like, I don't know how many times he's had a stand-up special for an hour that he's just... Blew people's fucking minds by like what he's thinking. Like, that's crazy to me. It's always that stand up special is usually like day 100 of a run where they've worked out. That's know, what I'm saying. You know? So, yeah. Harlan, man. It's that's, a lot. That, that's Chappelle, man. Like killing himself is some of the greatest fucking hour and a half of your life. Seriously. Like that, that is a well put together hour and some change or whatever mm-hmm. of just thoughts and experiences that appeals to so many different people but didn't he on killing himself didn't he i mean he wrote with somebody right maybe i don't know so because like because there's a uh like the next special he did i'm sure a lot of them write with people like especially eddie wrote i mean keenan ivory wayne is just credited with you know raw like Mm -hmm. as far as like written by it's not written by eddie murphy it's written by keenan ivory wayne's and maybe Eddie Murphy, but like his name is like super prevalent in the titles. Like those eighties like <laughs> openings where like people are coming out to the theaters and you see the names and lights and shit in the background and like that's the opening titles of that. Whole I know Robin thing. Townsend was a lot involved in a lot of that too. Yeah, I think he directed Raw or something like that. Yeah. His stand up is crazy, but his yeah, Hollywood Shuffle man. I remember that Pretty making the great. rounds when I was in high school. Pretty great. I'm a big fan. Like, I was a fan of Patrice O'Neal's. Yeah. Yeah. God bless him. And, like, you know, Artie. Like, there's a lot of stand-ups out there that are, like, fully committed stand-ups, and they're great. Artie Lang and, like, those guys. You know, some people are, like, a little darker than others. I was listening to Mitch Hedberg a lot. And I was, like, I opened for Jim Gaffigan, like, recently. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm into it. <clears throat> I just... Yeah, I don't have it. <laughs> it. Dude, it's like it's one of those things. It's just you're there. You're by you're by yourself. And I also they think just you're don't seem very happy. Yeah, no. <laughs> they seem like very where like a lot of the comedy comes from like an angry place. Like they're annoyed by this or that and the other. You know but I need saying? a room full of like people it. to love me. Right. Please love. Yeah, please. I don't like that. Please love me. Yeah. P- pretty please love things I'm saying to you. Gaffigan just did a book. Is that something you would be into? Yeah. I'm trying to figure out, I don't want to write it about myself, so it'd be cool if I could, like, write it about a character and, like, make a story. Like, make it maybe, like, a children's arc, make some Twilight-type shit. Go not, y, go YA <laughs> really. on him. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out what the angle would be, because I don't want to be like, here's my story. I'm a little kid from this and that and the other, and I started auditioning, and now I got a job. Well, and I, 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 I think you need to. Yeah. <laughs> then all of a sudden, I was a vampire, and I bit Lauren Michaels in the neck, and I had all the control. So I would climb up the outside of Rockefeller Center all the way to the top. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I learned a lot about that dude from this conversation. It's amazing that <laughs> one, you don't think that. Uh, that's the style of music he's going to listen to. I don't want to say, uh, you know, you like to judge a person, what they're going to listen to as soon as you meet them. There are surprises. But when he just started rolling off what was on his iPhone. Well, the beauty of it is that he's like discovering it. This is totally stuff yeah. that we've been like living down our whole lives. <laughs> <laughs> stuff that you're like, oh, God, is it AM again? Jesus. Can you just turn it back to FM for something? Anything yeah. subtle? I love that he's, what, 35? Yeah. And he's been on SNL since he's 26, 25? Probably 24, 25, yeah. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Keeping it going. And that's not, I mean, like, those are some serious hours, man. He must, he's a hardworking dude. He's gotten to learn while doing and learning from the best. Yeah. I like it when cool people get what they deserve, you know? 
Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for bringing him in, Jonah. Thank you. For yeah, thanks, thank you, Jonah. Thanks for being a nice brother. Because <laughs> if you were just a dick to Vanessa, we wouldn't get any guests for this grunt. It's, that's possible, but <laughs> I mean, she she has helped a lot. Oh, so God. thank you, Vanessa. Vanessa and, should just be here all the time. She should. And thank you to everyone who listens to Going Off Track. All of you, if you want to give us a review on iTunes, that would be lovely. If you want to contact us, go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash track. Uh, go to our website. If you say, hey, these guys are great, let's give them some money. Uh, that helps us keep the podcast on the interwebs because someone found a way to make money off of it that we have not yet figured out. These people are the people that store magical imaginary data because apparently nothing, Brad, explain this, nothing becomes something that has to sit on something plugged in with a fan connected to it so that we can then send it out to people they can put on another thing and listen to it with their ear holes. That's exactly how it works. Fair enough. That's what I thought. And uh, side note, I'm giving a TED Talk April 4th in Cleveland. So if you're listening to this, that's in a couple days or it already happened. (laughs) And I can't wait till it's already happened, so I have to stop worrying about it. Jonah's TED Talk is going to be phenomenal. Steven, yeah. Steven makes his way into my TED Talk. You should There be. are two photos of you, actually. Oh, boy. <laughs> you didn't use that photo I sent you? No, no, no. I couldn't. I, I can't show that in public. <laughs> um, but, yeah. My so, wedding really did go crazy, didn't it? It did, from what, I, what I've heard. Um, but, yeah, so that's, that's like an exciting side thing if you care about what we do outside of the podcast. Mm, yes. I also wrote just wrote an article about Phil Collins for Noisy. Um, went up, so check that out. And if you are fans of the comic book geek world, video games, and music, check out Freak Sugar. It's a brand new website. Uh, Mike and I are doing some stuff with them. And if you like what we did for MTV Geek, I think you might sh- dig this as well. Yeah. Can we go to it now? You can go to it right now. I'm going to do it right now. <laughs> <laughs>